Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Self-Care with Gracie podcast. As I mentioned in the last episode, that was the one I recorded with my baby daddy, Micah, about our almost first year as parents. Check it out if you haven't listened. Lots of good relational self-care on that one. I've had a sound overhaul on the podcast, so I hope my fancy new equipment makes listening even more enjoyable for you. I also have a lot of new podcast guests coming up in the next few weeks, talking about everything from a feminist business model to the ideal morning routine. Stay tuned for all of that. So today, I'm, uh, I'm always excited to introduce my guests, but I'm really excited to introduce my guest. Laura Moser is a mother, journalist, author, and fifth-generation Houstonian. Her Houston roots run deep. Her grandmother's grandparents settled in Houston from Ukraine in 1879, and her great-grandfather arrived in 1942 as a refugee from Nazi Germany. She is running for Congress in Texas' 7th District and was one of the female leaders of the resistance against Trump. As the founder of Daily Action, a text message service launched a month after the 2016 election, Laura mobilized nearly 300,000 Americans to get involved in the political process, some for the very first time. And notched real victories like helping to repeal the Affordable Care Act, ousting Steve Bannon, and forcing Republicans to renege on their plan to gut the Congressional Ethics Office. This led Laura, who had never before considered a bid for public office, to take the next step and run against 17-year-old Tea Party incumbent in one of the most diverse districts in the state, one that Hillary Clinton carried in 2016. She won the first primary against the Democratic Party's endorsed candidate and set a signal to the nation that they were hungry for stronger liberal stances. She's been a lifelong advocate for Planned Parenthood, body autonomy, and reproductive freedom. She also believes that health care is a human right and that every child deserves a quality education in schools that are safe from gun violence. She believes that every worker deserves a living wage and equal pay for equal work, and she believes in bringing politics back to the people. Additionally, and personally, Laura is an alumni of Self-Care 101, the 10-week self-care program that I've led over 200 women through in the past four years. It was great to work with Laura during the program, and as you're going to hear, she brings a lot of great energy to any situation, and it's been really exciting to watch her take a step and this big risk to step into this new stage of leadership. She's been a living example of what I most believe that the best way to serve others is to focus in on yourself for a while. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. You've been such an inspiration to me over these past few months, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Gracie. I'm excited to jump in. Awesome. Well, I'd love for you to start by describing the period between taking Self-Care 101 and deciding to run for office. Um, from my perspective, it all seemed like it happened really fast, that you, you were in D.C. and then you moved. And um, I, what made you decide that you wanted to run for office? Well, I don't know if you remember, but I was originally connected with you because I was going to write an article about sort of the rise of the self-care movement. And then I changed course very quickly when Donald Trump was elected and founded this group daily action and no longer had time to do that and other journalistic pieces I've been working on. So I decided just to take the class as, you know, I don't know what the word, a client, a consumer, whatever, as, as opposed to a journalist. And so I signed up for it and it started two weeks before I launched daily action and daily action quickly, um, took over my life and became more than a full-time job. And I don't know if you remember, but I felt like I wasn't doing my work um, with self-care because I started that at this exact same time. And normally I would have been, I'm, I'm someone who goes all in with everything I do, but you know, there was this daily action thing and self-care kind of competing with each other. But I do think, um, I, I no longer remember what your question was, but I think doing those two things in tandem was really 
um, empowering for me. And even though I felt like I was failing at the self-care piece, it did kind of the community of strong, powerful women helped launch me on the path to thinking, wow, daily action is making so many changes in this country. Uh, why don't I do the next big thing, which is run for office? And and you're right. It did happen very, very quickly. Um, the, from the, from the first inkling of the desire to the actually, you know, jumping off the deep end. That was very short time. As I was watching you go through it, like what I usually see is that people start to work on their self-care, like, okay, I'm going to have a morning routine. I'm going to ask for more money at work or whatever it is that is self-care for them. And then all of a sudden they take the leap after a longer period of time. I, so as I was watching you, I was like, oh, it just looks like this process is really accelerated for Laura. It was like, but I do believe that that investment in yourself and that that saying self-care is a priority for me, that that often sets the stage for something else to come through. And, uh, and, and in your case, it was just a really dramatic and exciting example of that. Um, yes. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely how it happened. Um, and I do, you know, I'm all in for everything that I do. And uh, I do feel it, over the last year, it's almost been a year since I did this. Um, it is the self-care part is really hard because I just have no time. I mean, it's unbelievable how little time you have in the day when you're running for office, but I do make kind of exercise a priority and I make sleep a priority and kind of no screens at night, all of those things. I would like to have a much better routine than I do, but I do, I do remember that if I don't take care of myself, then it all collapses. I have a cat scratching to get in the door. I think that cats are part of my self-care. Hold on, I'm going to let the cat in. Wonderful. I was so excited to hear, to see on Facebook when you met Brene Brown. I had a, a total freak-out moment when I saw that, and that the advice that she gave you was that you had to take care of yourself. That it made my heart grow bigger. Yes, I was going to mention that as well. That was her, you know, she said, you're so brave, keep fighting. So proud of you and please take care of yourself. Um, and I do, I try to exercise at least four times a week and it's really hard to fit it in. But I know that if I don't exercise, I don't feel good and then I don't sleep as well. And, you know, you have to do it because there's so many demands on, on not just your time, but on your, you know, you have to be performing all the time and you can't be exhausted or look, or so you can be, but you can't act exhausted. So, um, yeah, so it, it was Brene, as always, is right about everything. Well, one thing that I notice about you and your campaign is that it doesn't seem like you're putting on any kind of performance at all. Actually, it just even now in this podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm just talking to Laura. I'm not talking to Laura, the candidates. And I, I think that that is probably what a lot of people relate to when you is looking at you, that you're, like you said, just just a mom in a lot of ways and a citizen. But how is it for you to to show up as yourself? And then, you know, I know that as a, as a political candidate, you also get pushback. And so it's like as you show up as yourself, you also have to get some pushback about yourself, too. And I sense a lot of women out there hold themselves back in endeavors because they're afraid of that kind of criticism if they show up as their full self. So how have you managed to handle that? Um, well, the first part is, yes, I am kind of exactly the same person wherever I am and whatever circumstance. And in the beginning, I really, you know, 
running against some very smooth operators who can say the same sentence with the same adjectives in the same order every time. And that's just not who I am. And I've gotten more confident as a public speaker, but I'm still me. Um, and I think that's good because I, some, some, sometimes I still wish, oh, I wish I could just, you know, press play and be this automaton. But I think people really like that I'm not, that I don't do that and I can't do that. Um, the stuff about being a woman, it's, um, it's hard. I think, I think the kind of scrutiny that I'm under is very different from some of the, you know, right now I'm in a runoff against another woman, but there were five men initially in the race and the women are scrutinized differently and treated differently. And I'm very active on the internet, especially Twitter. And I, Twitter has been a great fundraising vehicle for me, but then there's SmackDown happens where, I mean, I think that most of the people attacking me are, are not real people. They're bots and stuff, but it's always about how you look, how you're standing, what your mouth is. You know, it's, it's all the Hillary Clinton stuff. Um, and you never hear, um, how, how, you, you, men are not asked the same questions and treated the same way. And I think Donald Trump's presidency has really um, authorized people to talk in ways that, you know, you know they're thinking, but it, it was never out in the open as much um, in recent years as it has become. And the same is true for hate speech against all sorts of different groups. I think it's one of the hardest things that I see about people who are pretty revolutionary and this idea that you're leading a movement. And, and I see you doing that right now, Laura, that you're like, I'm not going to be a different person than I am. I, I care about these things and I'm going to take a really like strong stance on them. And as a result of that, it's, it's like, you can't like, you have to have some opposition. It's like, I don't know a strong movement that doesn't have people really angry at it. And you put yourself in the middle of all of that. So it's, it's like, to me, it's a sign that you're doing something right. And personally, like when I think about taking stronger stances, I get nervous that I'm going to get that pushback. And so it's, that's why, you know, I'm inspired by you for so many reasons, but just you being able to stand in yourself and handle all of that is, is very helpful. And I, I guess I'm curious, like, do you have any kind of pep talk that you give yourself or way that you handle it when, when it starts to get you down? I just think about, um, you know, they're in the hardest moments. I just think about all the people who have invested in me, their time, their money, their hopes, you know, for a better future. And that sounds really cheesy, but I kind of, I have people every day who come knock on doors for me, who come make phone calls. This one woman said, oh, I'm, you know, I, I apologize. I just had surgery. I feel so bad that I, you know, she had a spinal fusion. I'm so sorry. I can't walk for you. And I said, are you kidding? Like, you should not even be thinking about walking. But there are all these people who are really um, invested, not in me, but in, in the possibility of a better, you know, type of leadership in this country. And so I have to remember that it's not about me. It's about them and about all of us and about my children. Uh, um, I've, I've been, I'm sure you know, the target of some very negative, false campaigning. Um, and it's really hard because I, I determined very early you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm not, there are real issues, real differences between candidates. And I'm not going to talk about, you know, people's pasts or just, you know, it's, it's just not about personality. And, and I want to be a role model to my girl and my boy and 
I don't want to get down on the dirt because I don't think that's gotten us anywhere as a country, you know, in our politics. So it's hard. And I do. So I remember my kids as well and the kind of um, person I want them to remember when they go out to, to make their big, bold life moves, you know? Yep. You got to go higher. It's, it's a real yes. practice right now. It's really hard. Yeah. How has running for office changed how you see yourself as a, as a person, as a woman? Um, I mean, I think I'm braver than I knew. If that sounds crazy, but you know, there, I have more stamina than I thought, you know, the kind of the number of public events I do in a day, I never thought. And the, you know, and these days I beg for like two hours off on a Saturday morning just to sit in bed. And usually I'm writing thank you notes while I'm sitting in bed. But, um, and, and just what women in public situations go through, um, it's not the same. There, there are anecdotes I could offer, but, 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 but I, I, you know, we're held to different standards and they're not fair, but if we want to, if we want to change how the standards are written, then we have to keep getting out there and not just in politics, but in entertainment and finance and every, you know, media in every realm. We just have, we have to demand our seats at the table and earn them and keep them and then change the conversation. Yes. And, and that's where I really go back to self-care all the time. I'm like, the struggle is real. If you want to change something and stand up, it, it takes a ton of energy to do that. And that's having our ways to, recharge that energy is what I see self-care as and and just from what I see you doing Laura it's like you in order to like practice self-care it's like you have to trust yourself you have to ask for what you need you have to let yourself receive support and I find that this stuff is a lot harder for people than keeping a daily routine often so you're you're definitely as you're like self-care person in, in your life like yes you're doing all of it and I'm proud of you thank you thank you so much and I'm proud of you for navigating the first year of parenthood. It is not easy. I always say that um, just when my kids got easy, I decided to do something really, really hard. Um, but parenting is very hard too, and that's that's a constant struggle for me um, because I still make time for my kids every day, but it's not. I don't see them as much as I used to, and they don't eat as many vegetables as they used to because I'm not in charge of, you know, their dinner every night. And I think they're okay because they're only taken care of by my husband and my parents and they're surrounded by love and support and they're thriving. But I feel, um, my son's birthday party is on Sunday and I have to come late because I have an event and then my husband has to fly out to New York in the middle of the party. And so it's this kind of tag team parenting that is not ideal, but very typical of what lots of working parents and much work, you know, who, who haven't opted for this kind of juggling. Um, but we're doing it and that's all, you know, all we can do. And I, I know I like, I feel the struggle when you talk about it and, and I know it's a lot, but I also, I, I want my public servants to be in the situation that you're in because I, I think for me, becoming a mother has just opened my eyes up so much more to how much I have my privilege because it's so hard and I have so many supports to help me get through it. Right. And I think of all the people out there that don't have health care or can't afford to have childcare and it, it breaks my heart and think about the education system. 
so you being a mom and you stretching yourself in these ways, even though I know it's hard, it also feels like exactly the right place to lead from. Right. And I've chosen it. I mean, there's all these articles about how, you know, it's so hard to work 40 hours a week and make a living that parents can't, and you can't afford childcare. So they do this tag team where one person works a night shift. You know, that's what it is to be in America today because we, you know, we're destroying our middle class and I've chosen this. So, um, and I've chosen it so that I can, I hope pass laws that make life easier for other people, but it is, it's, um, constant, you know, constant balls in the air. So I always ask this as the the last question of the podcast, and I'm really curious to hear your answer. Uh, What is self-care for you and potentially like, how has that changed since starting to run for office? Um, so, so it's definitely not scraping my tongue and having like 40 minutes to myself in the morning. Cause I just don't have that. It's, it's kind of being more accepting of myself and, um, proud of myself for make you know, for making choices that I know are difficult. I know how difficult they are now more. It's, it's like with parenting or marriage or anything you don't quite know or starting your own business you don't quite know how hard it's going to be until you, until it's too late to turn back. But, um, I guess self-care is just self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when we, we stop fighting against ourselves, then we can actually be effective. It's like, we have right. to, we have to end the battle inside before we can take on the battles outside. Yeah. And to know I'm not a perfect person, but I'm in it for the right reasons. And, um, it, all the, you know, the people who criticize if they were in the same situation, they would, um, I'm sorry, I can't make this beeping sound stop. They would, um, not be found flawless either. And I think it's that belief that we should show up flawless that keeps us from actually taking action exactly. and stepping forward. So yeah, perfectionism is at the root of all of it. Well, I know you're really busy, so I just want to thank you for taking the time, Laura, and wish you continued victories and lots of self-care as you make this next push. And the primary is on May 22nd, is that right? Yeah, the runoff. The runoff is on May 22nd. And anyone who can support us in any way, go to moserforcongress.com. Yes, yes. That was my next thing I I wanted to do is that this is a grassroots effort. I hope that you've heard that in Laura's story. Asking for money as a woman is really hard and I haven't gotten it's that's a, that's a work in progress. Do you know what I have found though, is that it's easier to ask for money for somebody else. And so I have, I have a much easier time fundraising for other people. So I'm going to do that for you and say that if you listen to Laura and you're inspired, if you wish you could do that, if you care about the issues like access to abortions, um, affordable healthcare, gun control, education funding, uh, even if you don't live in Texas, I've donated money to Laura's campaign because she is the change I want to see in this world. So it, go to Moser for Congress, make any little donation or big donation that you can. And then if you live in D.C., there's actually a fundraiser yoga class that I'm teaching on Sunday, May 6th at Hot Yoga Capitol Hill. It's in the afternoon where Laura used to go to early morning yoga classes. I did. Yeah. 6 a.m. And um, it's it's actually the first public yoga class that I've taught in years, and it probably will be my last, but I am coming out of the woodwork because I want to support you, Laura. So if you can come, it would be great. I'd love to meet you in person. I wish I could be there. I will appear on Skype. I really, really wish I could be there. I wish you could, too. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to to the Skype wisdom at the end of our relaxation. You can come in and, and enlighten us all. 
So yeah, um, so if you're out there and you're listening, um, just know that you can step forward and it can be very imperfect and it can still make a huge difference and that taking that kind of leadership in your own life and in the community is what we need right now. So I hope Laura has inspired you in that way. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you, Gracie. Have a wonderful day and I hope to see you soon. I hope so as well. All right. Bye, everyone. Keep taking care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.